What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. I don't think you can truly change for the better in a lasting, meaningful way unless it is driven by self-acceptance. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams? What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. My name is Sue Rocco, and it's great to be here with all of you each and every week. Before I welcome our guests this evening, I want to remind everyone to stay with us during the breaks, where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team and corporate partners bringing you news and education from their industries. And we continue to be grateful for their support and the content they bring to the show each and every week. If you're interested in being a part of the show, feel free to email taylor at womentowatch.net. And don't forget to sign up for the podcast and our newsletter at womentowatch.net so you're in the loop on all things related to the show and can see who's coming up next week. So now I'm very honored and excited to welcome to the show Kirsten Moorfield. Kirsten is the co-founder and COO of Cloverleaf. Kirsten, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Sue. It's great to have you. Um, And you're joining us from Cincinnati, Ohio, just in case anyone is listening from there. Correct. Yes. Cold and similar to Philadelphia. Yep. Welcome to winter. Welcome to winter. Um, So I wanted to start um, off with a little bit about the community you grew up in in Cincinnati and wondered if you could tell our listeners a little bit about um, your upbringing and, and give them a sense of where you came from. Sure. So I grew up in a very 
average Midwest middle class family. I was expected to play piano and play soccer and, you know, just some get good grades and um, had had a dad who worked full time, a mom who worked part time to be a little more flexible to be with the kids. Um, but yeah, just a to me, it seems very average, just an average middle class upbringing. And, and the expectation on, you know, what my future would look like was going, getting good grades, going to college, and then going to work for a good company. Yeah, which you did, by the way. You know, in reading a, about your background, you certainly did get good grades. And I yes. got the sense when I was reading your, your background, you were very driven, I would say, academically. And and I yes. wondered, I, I have a quote here. You said, I grew up as a wonderful rule follower. Yes, tell <laughs> that me, is tell very me, true. Yeah, tell me about that. What kind of, um, what drove you to follow the rules and do what was expected? Yeah, I think part of it is I had a, I have one sister, I'm one sibling. Um, she's about two years older than me. And she was a big personality and I did not want to do that. So I would watch her and say, I'll do the opposite. You know, I think a little <laughs> bit of that was like just siblings, like just trying to be different from each other. But I think also part of it was I, I saw her just have some normal struggles that, you know, you can have when you have a big personality. And I said, I won't do that. So I will be the easy kid. I will just get good grades. I will follow the rules. I will not bring a lot of attention to myself. Um, I, I think that's really an interesting part of your story. And for the listeners, I want to first, I want to describe what Cloverleaf is because it yeah. relates very much to your own story. So it's a HR tech software platform um, that helps people within companies work better together. Um, right. So that's kind of a summary. I mean, it's much bigger than that. But I I'm so curious about what you have learned about yourself over the years from doing this kind of work. And I have another quote where you shared you said, I learned that I'm an introvert, but thought I had to act like an extrovert to succeed and truly thought there was something wrong with me um, for not being able to keep up joyfully. That's a beautiful statement because I think it speaks to a lot of people who think they're supposed to behave one way when that's not naturally who they are. When did you figure that out? Oh, I would say I'm still figuring it out. And I love that you opened the your 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 opening intro is has a quote from Brene Brown that says, if you really want to change, it requires self-acceptance. I love Brene Brown. And I love that quote, because really, I think a lot of us don't even realize some really innate things to ourselves that are ultimately strengths, but might not fit the common cultural story of what we think we need to do or be. Um, So for example, you know, I look at I, part of my job now is I talk to a lot of people about their work, about what makes you successful, what gets in your way. And a story I hear over and over is 
that there is common, just like relational tension at work. It's just so normal, right? Like somebody doesn't deliver their thing on time or you make a proposal and somebody stops it with a bunch of questions or, you know, just these normal things. And ultimately in those scenarios, we're receiving these messages of who we should be and what we should act like and what we should do, but we're not recognizing that actually what's happening is people are bringing different strengths to the table. Like that question asker is a detail-oriented analytical person that you need on your team to poke holes in all your ideas to make them stronger, right? You might be a big picture thinker who gets drained by thinking about those things. And so the normal response is, is tension, but actually we can look at those scenarios and start to realize okay, there is something innate within me that is coming to play here that is, it's poking out its head in tension or conflict or in exhaustion. Um, but, but I could stop, look at this, recognize that there's something good in me and there's something good in that person. And we can learn how to lean into these strengths and be not only just more energized and happy and have a better relationship, but more productive, more successful, more creative, more innovative, and all the things that businesses really want, want to have happen with their teams. Yeah, I, I really, I truly think it's, it's one of the most important things we can do is to know ourselves better. And yeah. then the people that surround us for them to understand as well. When you, when you were young and growing up and trying to find your way, mm-hmm. were you that questioner? Were you the big thinker? Were you an oh. observer? Oh, yeah. I've always been an observer, big thinker. That was me. I am not the questioner. I'm not the detail-oriented person. But I I did, you know, at my wedding, one of the, the dads from my childhood neighborhood came up to me. I hadn't seen him in years. And he had said, oh, Kirsten, you know, every time I think about you, I just remember in the neighborhood, all the kids would be running around. And then there would be like, 20 feet behind, little Kirsten just trailing slowly back and staring up at the clouds like off in La La Land. (laughs) And when he said that, I was like... Oh, hallelujah. Okay, that's innate. Like, that's good. I, like, that's been there from when I was like five years old. That's good to know. Because I, I as, as after like going through school where you're taught like execute, 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 get things done, get good grades, learn the details, remember them for tests, you know, basically like not big picture thinking was ingrained in me. And then I thought, oh, wanting to trail behind everyone else, stare at the clouds and daydream is a weakness. That's not a good thing. But then, you know, through taking actually really for me, I took a StrengthsFinder assessment when I was 23. And StrengthsFinder said, all your strengths are in strategic thinking. You like to sit alone and think. You like to contemplate. You like to read, take in new information. You don't know if you'll use it or not. You just like to learn it. And I thought those are all the things that keep me from getting things done. I'm supposed Mm. to just go like, get things done, bust through my email, inbox zero. You know, that's what I'm supposed to do. But that stuff is exhausting to me. And what I really want to do is like step back and just think. And then I started, because I took that assessment, because I had that insight, I started to just pay attention. Hey, what what does it mean to do strategy? And how is that a benefit? How is that productive? And how can I, over time, guide my career to where I actually get to do that thing, which is staring off in the clouds and la-la land daydreaming, but <laughs> seeing how you can do that for business, make the business more successful, see where the market trends are headed. You know, What could I do to drive my career in the direction that is innate to my strengths? 
Yeah, it's it's so interesting to me. Um, we're going to go into our first break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about you know your early career and and the things that you did before Cloverleaf. Stay with us, and I'll be back with Kirsten Moorfield again, the co-founder and COO of Cloverleaf. Our watch team's coming up next. Now the women to watch Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Whether a woman has diabetes before pregnancy or is diagnosed with it during pregnancy, gestational diabetes, it requires very close attention to glucose control. Elevated blood sugars, especially in the first trimester, are considered a teratogen, a cause of birth defects in the developing baby. This morning on Your Radio Doctor, our guest was Dr. Marie McDonald, nationally recognized endocrinologist and associate professor from Harvard Medical School. Diabetes can cause issues with pregnancy, such as increased risk of miscarriage, preeclampsia, which is seriously high blood pressure, premature delivery, increased likelihood of C-section. Death of the infant is a big concern and most closely related to sugars out of control in the mom. Infants of mothers with diabetes can be born early and are more likely to have respiratory distress. Some diabetic moms have babies with macrosomia, meaning larger than 90% in weight, and are at risk for damage to the baby's shoulders as they come through the birth canal. Less often, a baby can have growth restriction and malformations. And infant deaths are rare, but risk increases as the A1C goes over 6.0. Children of diabetic moms are at higher risk for developing obesity and diabetes themselves later in life. Whether they develop type 1 or type 2 diabetes also depends on the dad's history. Because the environment in the uterus is so important, especially first trimester, women are advised to allow three to six months of optimal control of their glucose levels with the targeted A1C under 6.5. Insulin is used in both type 1 and type 2 during pregnancy. See a dietitian for help with proper nutrition. For instance, pregnant moms need a higher dose of folate or iodine than moms without diabetes. You're more at risk of gestational diabetes if you have an A1C over 5.7, family history of type 2 in a parent or sibling, BMI over 30, older age, history of polycystic ovaries, or a previous infant over 90% in weight. Hear the entire show on yourradiodoctor.com and learn more about protecting mom and baby. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined this evening by Kirsten Moorfield, and Kirsten is the co-founder and COO of Cloverleaf, which, um, if you're not familiar, it's an HR tech software platform. And really, they partner with companies that do uh, personal profile assessments and really kind of dive in and help companies understand their employees and colleagues so they can work better together. You know, Kirsten, it's so interesting to me that it kind of took so long in history to understand the importance of that, you know, and not having everybody work at the same level, doing the same tasks and thinking the same way. And um, you had talked about, again, when you were young, Um, you saw problems in the world and you wanted to solve them. Mm -hmm. Tell me, was, is there one that sticks out for you in particular, um, that you recognized when you were old enough and you thought, this is a problem I want to, I want to solve in the world? Oh, definitely. Um, I remember being in eighth grade and sitting in history class and realizing slavery still exists. Wow. I thought that was a thing of the past. And so I started to um, daydream there in history class about 
oh my gosh, I want to make an announcement on like, you know, high school announcements on the loudspeaker that they do every morning. I want to do that and be like, Hey, instead of spending $50 on your next pair of jeans, like go buy the cheapest pair of jeans you can find and like donate the extra money to end slavery. And then I went to college and I studied sociology and I found out that's a terrible idea. Cause if you go buy the cheapest pair of jeans you can find, they're made in slave labor. So you're actually directly <laughs> supporting slave labor. So instead <laughs> go buy fair trade jeans and like, you know, so that's that, a big that's... world problem you were trying to solve <laughs> at a young age. Yes. Yes. Yep. So, definitely. And, and that's just always been the way your mind has worked. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. even now and what I get to do, you know, being a founder of a company, one of the most fun things that I think is fun and I realize is really not fun for some people is to look at the market, look at what the trends are, look at what's happening, where's our competition headed and what can we do to differentiate? And I just think that's a really fun puzzle to put together and to dream of what are we going to do to be more valuable to people and to make more revenue for our investors and to, you know, be able to give raises to our people. I just love that. Other people look at that and they're like, wow, that's overwhelming. What a burden to bear. I think that's fun. (laughs) Yeah. That's what lights you up. So tell me, do you think you were always meant to be an entrepreneur? Work for yourself? Gosh, that's a really good idea. I don't know. I I definitely am not the entrepreneur who like grew up selling candy bars to students in class. Like I I was afraid to sell anything. I didn't even want to do like the magazine sales where back in the day you used to knock on people's doors to sell magazines, right? I don't think that even happens and wrapping anymore. Paper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and wrapping paper and all those wrapping things. Paper. I, the prizes just weren't um, a big enough incentive for me to get over being shy and go go <laughs> knock on people's doors. So yeah, I definitely never was salesy, which I think is um, what you expect of a, a characteristic of an entrepreneur. But I've always been like when I, I I've been evangelical, like you know, I found out slavery existed and I wanted to just like make, get up on the table and make a big announcement. Slavery is real. You should stop this. Right. And so it's a little different than trying to like get money for that. And so I've, I've actually, I never, ever, ever thought about starting a business until I was thinking about actually the problem of slavery and how fashion, the fashion industry actually perpetuates a lot of those social issues in the world. And I thought, man, somebody should really start a business and and try to fix that. And then I found out anybody can start a business. Okay, I guess maybe I will start a business. Um, And that that was an idea planted in me in my early 20s. So I don't know. Was I meant to be an entrepreneur? I don't know. But I am really enjoying uh, it. yeah, and sometimes things just kind of evolve. You you had said that initially, and I think this is uh, true for many people. You you thought business was all about greed and and big mm-hmm. conglomerates, right? And as yeah. somebody who has compassion and a big heart to want to solve world problems, yeah. um, that's common. But then you realized that business was a powerful way to solve these problems. Amen. What what changed? What you know? What do you remember the moment that you, that clicked for you? Oh yeah, it was it was in college. I went I, I actually wanted to be a missionary or work for nonprofits that help the issues of slavery and poverty in the world. And through studying sociology in college, I found out that a lot of those really well intentioned initiatives actually don't 
aren't able to bring about lasting change. And what does bring lasting change for better and for worse is business. It's all business and people need jobs and they need good incomes. And so that led me to start to think, you know, I actually, I want to go into the behemoth and help change the behemoth of business, you know, and ultimately, you know, through tracking through a lot of that and then going to work for a business to see how they do things and meeting a coworker who is the one who had the idea for Cloverleaf and asked me to help him out with this, um, I started to realize that, like, not only does business matter for employment, it definitely matters for employment and and poverty alleviation, but it also is something that everyone experiences. Everyone is going to work. Everyone is trying to find their worth or prove themselves through doing good work or just feeling like I can't do that. So they just get jaded and they check out. And that's another miserable experience. Mm -hmm. And how can we use technology to help flip that, to help teach people, you know what, you're, you might feel stuck in this job, but there's something really good in you. You have strengths and so do your coworkers. And you can start to learn those things about yourself and about the people around you and flip what might be like a frustrating situation or a jaded situation or a checked out situation or a I'm so overwhelmed, stressed situation and start to turn that into, okay, how can I make this healthier? How can I bring more of what energizes me? And how can I actually, by leaning into my strengths, start to do work that I'm better at, which ultimately is not only going to make me happier, healthier, more energized, it's going to make me more successful. And it's going to make my company and my team more successful as well. Yeah, I want to talk more about that in our, our next segment, because you you did a beautiful TED Talk about, you know, being energized at work. And sometimes it's as simple as changing your perspective, right, yeah. of the work or looking at the company as a whole and seeing what kinds of things are they doing that are positive. And then if you understand you're a part of that, right? Um, It can make you a little bit more satisfied. Uh, Stay with us. I'll be back with Kirsten Moorfield, the co-founder and COO of Cloverleaf. And our watch team is coming up next. Now the women to watch, Military Watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. As we recognize National Veterans and Military Families Month, which is all November, The week ahead, though, holds special significance for the military community. This Wednesday, the United States Marine Corps celebrates its 246th birthday. As the third oldest branch of our military, the Marine Corps... What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply was established by the Continental Congress on November 10th, 1775 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. While the Marines were originally formed to protect U.S. Navy vessels during the Revolutionary War, today the branch is a versatile force capable of fighting by land, air, and sea. So a very happy birthday to the Marine Corps, all Marines past and present, and the generations of loved ones who have supported their service to our nation. And on Thursday, our country will recognize all who have served as we celebrate Veterans Day on November 11th. And although Comcast NBC Universal is committed to supporting the military community all year round, this week and month are filled with special ways we are recognizing our military teammates, such as gaming tournaments, profiles of those who serve, professional development opportunities, and special topic events, to name just a few. In addition to these, we're also encouraging our employees and the public to check out this month's content on Comcast Newsmakers, which is our company's short-form news platform that focuses on issue-based conversations. In recognition of Veterans Day, we're featuring engaging conversations with leaders of military-serving organizations across the range of issues, including cybersecurity threats for military families, post-traumatic stress disorder, and inclusive esports for veterans. So join us for honoring and supporting our nation's veterans and their families by better understanding some of the issues they are facing. You can learn more by visiting ComcastNewsmakers.com. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net. N-E-T. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined by Kirsten Moorefield. And Kirsten, one of the things I loved about your story was, you know, this inner desire to, to start a business, right? Mm-hmm. Not really knowing what that business was going to be. And mm-hmm. um, apparently in 2015, when you're, you had a six-year-old son, you told your husband, Six I'm going to... Oh, I'm sorry. Six, sorry, six, six months. Weeks. He was he was six weeks old. Oh my God! Even <laughs> okay, sure. At six weeks, I think yeah. I'm going to start a business, right? Yeah. And tell me how that conversation went. And oh, yeah, gosh. with your husband. <laughs> okay, so I had chosen to leave my job, and in the back of my mind, I I was like, I'm leaving my job to have to stay home with this child, and you know, settle into motherhood. And then I know I'm going to start a business. And I had kind of mentioned that to my husband. He knew this about me. Um, but I, I I was like six weeks into motherhood. The kid was colicky. Like nobody was sleeping. We had a one-bedroom apartment. We were all just totally exhausted. And But he was wonderful. I love my baby. He's just awesome, right? And um, I just was – I was just – 
I, I just was feeling stifled. And so I said to my husband late one night when the when Paxton, my son, finally fell asleep, I just said, Cody, I'm going to start a business. And I was weeping, just like ugly sobbing. Aww. And he said, well, I mean, you know, and he kind of like said, maybe we should consider whatever. And I was just like, you don't understand. I have to do this. I'm going to do this. And he said, maybe we should just take two weeks and pray about it, Kirsten. Aww. And I was like... <laughs> In my mind, I thought, you pray about it. I'm going to start a business. I already then, decided. <laughs> but he's a very wise man. And the next day, I ran into an old coworker from that job I had just left, you know, two months earlier. And he said, hey, Kirsten, what are you up to? I said, I'm going to start a business. And he said, I'm starting a business. You should totally join me. And I said, no, thank you. I, technology, I don't know. I think I'm going to do something in fair trade fashion. But to my husband's wisdom... We prayed about it for two weeks, and I realized that my co-founder, Darren, his vision was world-changing and really impactful and something I really am passionate about. You know, people understanding who they are and bringing their strengths to work, and if we can unleash corporate America and corporate world to uh, to do their best work, how much change can we see in, you know, what problems get solved? Like, we could cure cancer if people were really, like, doing their best work, right? But also in just how people engage in their communities after work. If we are engaged at work and we realize our strengths and we lean into that, we can look in the eyes of the cashier when we check out of the drugstore. And we can, you know, like, be- have better marriages, better relationships with our parents, all of that. So yeah. I just got, I, I got really excited about his vision and I decided, hey, let's do that. And so lo and behold, that's how I ended up on this journey. You know, I think about some of the women that are listening to the show and if they too considered themselves introverts and oh, yeah. as as you describe, not someone who wants to impose themselves on others. You yeah. know, I read that phrase. I love that. I thought, I think that holds people back, women yeah. in particular, right? So yeah. you have you have big, bold dreams and ideas, but you think, why should I go impose this on someone else? Yeah. How do they... Did you just have a very deep inner belief in yourself, aside from the fact that you were an introvert, that allowed you to step out and do what you've done? No, I've been very insecure in many situations <laughs> all throughout. <laughs> I would not consider myself super self-confident. I would just consider myself um, aware that if I push myself outside of my comfort zone, I will get stronger. So it's just like working out, you know, like you go to, you go to lift a 20 pound weight for the first time. And you're like, holy cow, I can do this once. Right. But you do that over time and 20 pounds becomes nothing to you. Your muscles get stronger. Same thing with me. I remember I was terrified to just speak out loud. I think I want to start a business and doing that felt very vulnerable. It felt exposing to my like deepest desire that I thought was really illogical. (laughs) I did not think, I mean, like I had no credentials. I had no capital. I had nothing. And then, you know, even in starting Cloverleaf, I was like, gosh, I'm basically a stay at home mom with no money for a babysitter. And I have no technical experience. And here I go starting a SaaS company. Wow. What am I going to do here? Right. And it was through just constantly pushing myself outside of my comfort zone where I realized 
you know, I'm really capable. And it's not because I'm special. It's because we're all more capable than we realize. Mm. We so all can do great things. And the people you look at, like, you know, I mentioned I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. She's gone outside of her. She studies shame and vulnerability because it's hard for her, right? And she has been vulnerable by doing her TED Talk. She's been vulnerable by then going on to all the other speaking engagements, writing the books. All of that is exposing yourself. Mm. And the, the way that people you admire get to the place that they are is by just putting their neck on the line and going for it. Yeah, I, I think that's so true. I I understand you had um, a, a mentor, Kathy Beecham, in your yeah. life. Tell me mm-hmm. what it was about her that touched you. That, how, what, what did she say that left an imprint on you? So many things about Kathy. So I, I am a Christian and I as a as a female Christian, a common message we get is to be gentle, be serving of others in a way that, you know, you're always pouring yourself out. And so I just came to, like, consider that to mean do small things, which is me. That's how I interpreted that. But I think that's how a lot of Christian women interpret that. And Kathy was this bold woman who, yes, she, she, she loved Jesus and was very gentle in her own way, but her interpretation of how to be a strong woman of faith was a lot more in your face, right? And so, for example, I had to, um, one time Kathy said, Kirsten, you need to tell this person they're not invited back to this group that you're in. And I was like, I can't do that. That's not loving. And she walked me through all this logic of it. And I realized, gosh, that's the best thing I need to do to serve everyone else in the room. Right. Mm. So Kathy would just, she would recognize quickly what was happening and just cut to the chase and, and speak hard truth. And I really admired that about her. Yeah. And that, that is a really great lesson in life to learn. And, and, and that's really what this show is all about. Finding your voice always mm-hmm. has, you know, good outcomes. Um, yeah, and be- I had I had some of that intuition, and she she just called it she out validated. and said, you, you already know this, now do it, right? Yeah, right, I love that. Um, we have to go into our last break, and we will be back with Kirsten Moorfield, and we'll talk about the company so our listeners can, can get a better <laughs> sense of what, what you do. Stay with us for our watch team, and we'll be right back. Women to watch. Sports watch. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Jen Welker, and you are listening to Sports Watch. You know, truthfully and, and unfortunately, um, in sports, we don't put the same resources to girls. Why? Because there aren't often the same end games, which means there aren't the same dollars um, invested in girls' sports in the feeder system, and then all the way up, as we saw play out this year in, in March Madness very vividly, um, with the NCAA tournament. And we saw the disparities between um, what the girls were given versus what the boys were given. So why would she see that and think that the world is as viable and puts the same value on her sport participation as the boys do? And so we have to be very um, intentional again. And I will use that word over and over. You'll hear me say it because she isn't going to naturally be socialized as easy into some of these situations as the boys are. So moms and dads, let's be active and proactive in creating the situations where she is coached, mentored, trained in the same way as the boys are. And then the end game 
become more visible and more viable in terms of what she sees and how women are paid on all playing fields so that her dreams aren't just a dream. They're actually a reality that makes sense and that she is an instrument to success as opposed to being shown that the best way for a woman to be is to be the accessory to the success of someone else. Follow me and all my adventures, or you could say misadventures, on Welter47 on Instagram or at jwelter47 on Twitter. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back. I'm with Kirsten Moorfield, the co-founder and CEO of Cloverleaf. I'm going to give her an opportunity to talk about what the company does. But I'll start with, again, another quote, because I think this really sums up why the work she's doing is so important. Best lesson, when you reconcile with your inner strengths and activate them, you're happier, healthier, and more effective in everything you do. So Mm. how does your company help people do that? Yeah, so there's really two sides of our platform that we have. One is we do automated coaching. So we, um, anyone can come onto our platform, take an assessment, you know, like a StrengthsFinder, Myers-Briggs, those types of assessments, and um, we will push coaching to you based on those results. And it's just two, three sentences about how are you wired? What is energizing to you? What are you uniquely good at that your team needs from you? And that will arrive in your email, your calendar, your Slack, your Teams, whatever tools you're already working in. And then also with it comes the same kind of a tip about the people that you work with. So that person who asked you a lot of questions in the last meeting and you felt a bit threatened by, hey, they don't trust me or they don't like my ideas, you you can start to learn, oh my gosh, they're really detail-oriented. Maybe they actually liked my idea and they're trying to strengthen it when they ask all these questions, right? And, oh, I can start to see how we fill in these gaps for each other. So it does two things. It helps you get to know yourself and and lean into what's energizing for you. And it helps you get to know the people that you're working with in a way that can turn what could be exhausting or conflict tense situations into productive, fulfilling relationships. And then the second side of our platform is an actual, you know, app that you can log into and see where do all of these people on my team or for for leaders like in my company, how do they all fall? How do they all fit together? Where do I have strengths as a as a team? Where do I have gaps as a team? And how can I better lead through these situations? Who are your clients? What types of companies do you work with? Oh my gosh. So we have clients from, you know, we've got a a 12 person um, counseling company that's local to here to Cincinnati that's been using us for years. And then we also work in huge global corporations. So Procter & Gamble, Monster Energy, the U.S. Air Force. We have huge, small to huge, because really everyone works with people and everyone needs help with getting to understand why do I do what I do? Why does she do what she does? And how do we better partner together? So, you you know, when I think about the the company, it, it really carries over into life. And so you had mentioned, you know, um, knowing yourself better will help you with relationships. And I think that would be so mm-hmm. true in families. Have yeah. you, yeah, have you had people come to you individually looking for help that perhaps aren't with a business, but oh, want that absolutely. expertise? 
Yeah, and we've got, you know, we've got like a personal plan that you can sign up for just as an individual and you can receive that automated coaching about yourself. We also have had organizations who um, make it a benefit to their employees to be able to have an additional family team where they can just add on, you know, whether it's their parents or their spouse or their friends even, you know, just the people that they depend on in their personal life and they can have a personal team on Cloverleaf. Yeah. I think about Thanksgiving coming up and there's always the joke, Uh you know, what's going to happen around the Thanksgiving table? And it's, you know, any conflict, it's always miscommunication, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, we definitely don't even get into politics in the platform, but I, I look at the political situation and we're just unable to listen to each other and recognize that some of these things we're fighting about are just different value systems or even just different ways of viewing the same problem. And if we could come to the table and really have a conversation where we can listen to each other and understand the difference of perspective, we can actually create even better solutions together. You know, I think you need to take this platform over to Washington and have everybody, (laughs) right, from all sides go through it, go through the program. I think it would be, you know, would make a huge difference. Yeah, so anyone in Washington listening to this, yeah. call me. Let's make this happen. <laughs> Let's make this I'm going to help you because I think we need it. Um, you know, COO is a big job. It's a big, yeah. big job for a company like that. And you're a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's no work-life balance. It's just life. But I'm curious. Tell me about a typical day, particularly with what we've been through with COVID. Everything yeah. has flipped upside down. Tell mm-hmm. me what your typical day is. What are you doing? Oh, okay. So I wake up about 5 a.m. and I go spend an hour to myself. I drink a cup of Earl Grey tea and, with heavy cream. And I just, I read my Bible, I pray, I journal, or I just sit and think. I'm just alone for a good hour. Wow. And then I get ready for work and I leave the house around 6.30 and I get to work at 7. If I'm in the office, some days I'm at home. And my husband, my wonderful husband does the morning shift with the kids and he gets them off to school. And then, um, you know, uh, usually my day is a lot of back-to-back meetings, but I do best if I have a little bit of time alone to just go through my email or catch up on whatever, and then um, leave work around five. So I I work long days some half the week so that I can work like half days twice a week and have a little bit more space for myself and also a little bit more space with my kids. I pick up my kids one day from from school, one day a week, and... um, I get home, we cook dinner, we eat dinner, we take my son, who's now six, we take Paxton to karate, and um, then get home, bedtime routine, best bedtime routine involves reading Harry Potter to Paxton while both of the kids eat toast and books, we, we call it. Every time at bedtime, toast and books. And um, I'll usually read to our two-year-old because she can't keep up with Harry Potter. And then <laughs> I love bedtime with Paxton, my six-year-old, because he just asks the best questions once he's actually in bed. He calls it chat. He's like, Mom, can we please chat? Can we have extra time for chatting tonight? Oh, I love Which that. is the very best. The best questions, big questions. You don't expect a six-year-old to think about come up in, in, in those conversations. I, we actually, one night we had the sex talk because he just started asking questions about babies. And I was like, well, oh here my we God, go. All right. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. And he asked really interesting, intelligent questions all the time. So, Aww. and that's, you know, then a little bit of time alone with my husband and start it all back over the next day. Okay. But you're waking up at 5am. What time are you going yeah. to sleep? <laughs> 
Um, usually, you like, get a- in between 9 and 10 is the goal. Um, okay. Oh, and, oh, I forgot to say, also twice a week I go to Orange Theory. This is my plug for Orange Theory. It's the best way to work out. I love Orange Theory. you got to take care of your body, so you got a good mind. Absolutely. Well, listen, we're at the end of the show, and Mm -hmm. um, you really are an inspiration, Kirsten, I think, for just your lesson in moving through your fear and Mm -hmm. um, continuing to want to learn and Mm -hmm. be that wanderer walking down the street, looking up at the sky. I love that visual. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Hey, thank you, Sue, and thank you for doing this. I think you're also an inspiration, spreading great stories so that those those who will come next are inspired to do the uncomfortable big things. Yeah, we can hope, right? That's yes. the goal. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much to our sponsors for their continued support. And stay tuned next week for my conversation with Letitia Alexander. She's the president of Z Soft Tech Solutions. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.